The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read the Bible, I forget that the characters that are talked about in the Bible are real people. You may recall that in the last couple of sermons, we tried to take a look at Mary and to delve into some of the realities of her life, what it meant to her to be highly favored, and the troubles that she still experienced, but how that she was faithful through it all. Today, we want to turn our attention to Joseph, the earthly stepfather of Jesus. Joseph was just a regular guy. He wasn't some super Christian. He wasn't some superman. He was just a regular person like you and I. But when faced with the reality that his wife was with child by someone other than himself, he first demonstrated mercy and ultimately demonstrated faith when the angel explained to him what had happened. Joseph had a choice. He didn't have to be faithful, but praise God, he was. And he became the earthly stepfather of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to see a few things about his life over the next couple of days. I hope you'll join us as we look into the realities of the life of Joseph, who was faithful to discharge the duties laid upon him by the Lord. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Joyful, joyful. Yeah, 
tonight we want to look at a passage that's found here in Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Those of you that were here Sunday night will recall that um, our minds were drawn out to Mary. And we looked at the fact that the angel called her highly favored. We saw some important truths about that. The fact that it didn't say she was inherently good. <laughs> she was highly favored, which means God had greatly blessed her and it didn't have to do with her own goodness, although we do believe and know from scriptures that she was a chaste young woman who was clearly being obedient to the scriptures. Tonight, I want to look at Joseph. I want to look at Joseph. And I want to look at specifically at the faith of Joseph. But I also want to look at his background. And I want to look at some things about him that I believe are important for us. Because remember what we said Sunday night. We oftentimes, you know, think of these uh, characters that are involved with the nativity scene almost like a nativity scene. You know, the ceramic figures that sit there, oh, that's Mary, that's Joseph. Uh, um, maybe, maybe it's a, a cartoon Christmas show, you know, and we see, you know, I like the little drummer boy. That's one of my favorites. And he comes up and there's a caricature of Mary, a cartoon figure of Joseph and, and Jesus. And, and sometimes we just think of them in that way. I, at least that's, that's my experience. But the truth of the matter is they were real people. And these were real events that really happened. And everything wasn't just like we imagined it always in our minds. So that's what I want to talk about tonight for the time that we have. I want to talk about Joseph. See, Joseph was a real person. He was a real person. And from what we can tell from the scriptures, he was a common man. He wasn't some superman. He wasn't some super Christian. He was just a regular guy. We don't read about any feats of faith that he did leading up to this. We don't read about any great accomplishments of his life. We're told he's a carpenter. In Matthew 13 and verse 55, he, he's referenced in that way. He's, we're told after the, all those kingdom parables that uh, when they started hearing him 
teach with great Jesus teach with great wisdom over in his own country, they, they kind of were running him down. And they said, you know, verse 54, Whence hath this man wisdom in these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? <laughs> he wasn't born, he wasn't high born, he wasn't royalty, he was just a carpenter's son. But see, Joseph was just a carpenter. That's what he was. He was a common man. He, he lived up there in a place called Galilee in Nazareth. It's the city of Galilee. And, you know, I don't know about his background. I've read a lot lately and been listening to some podcasts, historical podcasts, not necessarily biblically based podcasts. But it's interesting to me to hear a little bit more about the, the time that Jesus grew up in. Uh, the culture there, I think it's important to understand some about it. And there was a place up there called Sepphoris. It was a, it was a city that Herod the Great had built. And Herod the Great was called Herod the Great not by the Jews. <laughs> they didn't like him at all. He taxed them. He, 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 was, he was in, uh, uh, in, in a vassal uh, relationship with Rome. He, he served at Rome's pleasure and and he was trying to increase his, his authority, increase his prestige with Rome. And so he began these great building projects. And the only way he could, he could finance them was to tax the people to death. They were in real bad situation. In fact, uh, one of the movements of Jesus' day, you know, you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, that we read a lot about. Then you have the Essenes, which you don't read a lot about, but it appears that John the Baptist if he wasn't one of that sect, he was at least a lot like them. They, they moved down into the south part, out in the Negev Desert out there, and they, they're the ones that preserved the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's where the Dead Sea Scrolls come from, from that sect at Qumran, down in the southern part of Israel, uh, of the Essenes. They, they believed in separation, getting away from society. They kind of holed up down there, and then they copied scriptures, and the way we got the Dead Sea Scrolls which, by the way, aren't scripture, but really, really, really support the, the, the accuracy of the Old Testament because they put these scrolls into, uh, into containers, pots out there, and the arid climate preserved them for, for nearly 2,000 years. They were sitting out there hidden in some caves. But be that as it may, they were, those were three of the sects that were uh, uh, active in the time of Jesus. But there was another one called the Zealots. You remember reading about Simon Zelotes? There were zealots. Those zealots were like the, you might say, the terrorists of their day. <laughs> they believed in attacking and guerrilla warfare, and they, they had no compromise whatsoever with them. And they primarily, or at least they got their, their great uh, influx of numbers during the reign of Herod the Great when he was building Sepphoris and other cities like that. He built the temple. He added on to the temple, I should say. The new temple that had been built in Zerubbabel's day was not a great big temple, but, but Herod added on to it in, in his day. Well, Herod the Great died in 4 B.C., which would have been right in the middle of the time that Jesus was born. We, you know, we, sometimes we have the mistaken idea that we know exactly the year Jesus was born. Uh, we don't really know the year. You know, you say, well, it must have been 1 A.D., right? No, not necessarily. It, uh, uh, you know, those are, those are, our years are pretty close, pretty accurate, but our calendar system was created later on by, uh, well, it came from Julius Caesar in a sense, but ultimately this A.D. versus B.C. was added later on. So Jesus was not necessarily born in 1 B.C. or 1 
A.D., and there wasn't a zero B.C. It didn't go from one to zero. It went from one to B.C. to one A.D. So he was probably born around four B.C., we, we think, or it could have been anywhere from four B.C. to three or four A.D., somewhere in that time frame. Be that as it doesn't matter, the Lord, if it mattered, the Lord would have told us exactly when. But my point is this, is that in the time of Jesus' birth, sometime around that time, this city was being built before his birth. That's probably where Joseph worked. Nazareth was a four-mile walk from Sepphoris, okay? Nazareth was just four miles away. And, and, and I can, you know, after it was built, that would have been the place. It's kind of like, like we are out here, you know. We live out in the country. There's not a whole lot of factories. There's not a whole lot of plants for people to work in here. What do we do? We get in our cars and we drive to Tuscaloosa. Or we drive to Mercedes up at Vance. You know, we drive some ways away from where our home is to work. Well, this is probably, probably where Joseph worked. And I, this is, I'm, uh, let me make this clear. This is somewhat speculation. It's educated guess on my part. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not like this is scripture, and I'm not preaching it that way. But, but I, my point tonight is to, make, is to make us understand he was a real person. You know, the birth of Jesus wasn't the only thing that happened in his life. It was the most important thing that happened, but it's much like our lives. Our new birth is not the only thing that happens in our lives. You know, I wish the Lord would regenerate us and then just take us on home. <laughs> you know, that'd be great, wouldn't it, if the day we were born again, we said, oh, wow, now let's go to heaven. <laughs> That's kind of the way I feel sometimes. But he didn't do that. He leaves us here to serve him. And that's what he did with Joseph. Joseph was, we're going to see, he had some questions. And even after he answered the questions, he left Joseph here. And so I have this vision in my mind that during the time of Jesus, this city was probably a relatively large and bustling city, busy city. It probably employed a lot of people who uh, were construction workers, we would say, or, or maintenance people like that. And that's what, that's what, um, Joseph was. He was, a, he was a carpenter. He was, you know, and the term carpenter there can include not just, you know, nailing nails and that sort of thing, but also building any kind of building stone and otherwise. And as such, Joseph would probably have worked there unless he just was blessed to be able to have his own business there in his hometown. So it's not too hard to imagine Jesus, Jesus as a little boy as you know he gets a little older walking with his father the hour walk to Sepphoris and back every day an hour each way can you just see Jesus as he becomes a young man as he's because you see one thing we'll find as we if you search the scriptures is that it wasn't just Joseph that was a carpenter and Mark Mark also describes Jesus as the carpenter see Jesus took up his father's, his step, earthly stepfather's trade. He was a common man. But we learn this about Joseph as we read about him. He was a good man. He was a good man. Now, not within himself. You understand that I'm not abandoning primitive Baptist doctrine. I should say I'm not abandoning Bible doctrine. Because we know there's none good, no, not one. But we also know that when one has been born of the Spirit, we can do good and we should do good. And there are, in, in fact, we, we're told 
in certain instances to honor those that do good. You know, uh, an elder or a deacon that serves well is worthy of double honor, okay? You say, we're not supposed to honor people. Well, you are supposed to recognize that they're good people. You're supposed to recognize that they're doing right or trying to do right. Well, we read back in Matthew, the, our, our text here in verse, um, verse 19 of chapter 1, that Joseph was a just man. That word just just literally means he was a righteous man. Now, certainly he was clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And can you imagine that, by the way, thinking about the, it almost blows your mind to think about he was clothed in the blood of Christ who had not yet been born and who he was going to raise. <laughs> think about that. But yet he was already who clothed in the blood of his earthly stepson who was a heavenly being and also uh, he was divine in man and yet uh, he was already clothed in his blood if you will because he had been as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world but he was a good man he did right he tried to do right and, and look he was trying to keep the commandments of God as we'll see and notice that he was clearly merciful merciful he he was a just man and I love this, and I think it's a, it's a lesson to us that if we would be just men, if we, would be, if we would be righteous, if we would be like God, we would be merciful. We would be merciful. You see, he did not believe. I'm, sh I'm sure Mary had told him. You read over in the first chapter of Luke that the first person to know about Christ was Mary. The angel Gabriel came to her and said, you are going to have this child. It's going to be conceived by the Holy Ghost. It's, you're going to have this child. It's going to be the Christ child, okay? It's going to be the Christ child. She knew already, and I know she... Can you imagine that conversation? She comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, I got something I got to tell you. We, we got to talk. You know, maybe he's working. I don't know. Maybe he's hammering something, fixing something. She said, yeah, what is it? You know, no, you need to stop what you're doing, and you need to sit down. I am with child. And can you imagine the shock on his face? And then she says, but it's not by another man. It's by God himself. Can you imagine the disbelief on his face? Yeah, right. Sure. I don't know if Mary knew enough about the scriptures. I assume she did to go back to Isaiah and say, you remember what he said, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. But it's like I said Sunday night, we all know the prophecies, but we just don't ever think they're going to apply to us. <laughs> That's something going to happen to somebody else. We'll read about it one day. But it applied to her and him. So I don't know how that conversation went. I don't know what all it was. But I just know this, that Joseph didn't believe her based on this verse. But even not believing her, he was a merciful man. That tells me something there. We need to be merciful. He didn't excuse her sin. He wasn't saying there that, oh, well, it's okay. You know, times change. You know, the culture's evolved and things are a little different, so we won't worry about it. You know, in our culture today, that's nothing to have an out-of-wedlock uh, child. And, you know, it, people don't even consider that to be anything. You know, marriage is just sort of old fogey, okay? But I'll say this. There was probably a time in our, in our culture when those who had an out-of-wedlock child experienced much less mercy than they should have. Beloved, we should always be merciful 
to those who are in circumstances that we may not see, may not agree with, may not even understand. But you see, our, our knee-jerk reaction should be mercy, okay? Not confirmation, not saying, yes, you're right, but, but saying, look, you've messed up, but I'm going to be merciful to you, okay? This is, and that's what, that's what Joseph did. That's, that's what being a righteous man will do is he said, I'm not going to parade her out in front of this town and actually he had the right to have her stoned to death under the law but he said i'm just going to put her away privately i'm just going to because 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 he was showing her mercy he was a merciful man clearly didn't want to make a public spectacle of her he he clearly loved her as his wife because she was we're told and he was living out Ephesians 5.25, before Ephesians 5.25 was ever written, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Many men would have put her away publicly, but he was not a legalist. He was a merciful man. And notice, he was an obedient man. He was an obedient man. In chapter 2 of Luke, in verse 1, it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Okay? Now, this is the point where the zealots, who were tax protesters, by the way, we still have those today, this is the point where the zealots would have said, No way, Jose, I'm not going to follow and do what my government says. Now, if the government says, Go murder your babies, you should resist the government. If the government says, don't meet in church anymore, you should resist the government. But if the government says, you got to pay taxes, that's not a moral issue. You just got to do what they say. He was obedient, you see. We're to have, obey them that have the rule over us. I don't like to pay taxes any more than anybody else does, but I'm not going to cheat on my taxes and try to get out of them uh, in a way that I'm not allowed to just because I disagree with it. I don't have that right as a child of God. I don't think that there ought to... Here, I'm fixing to condemn myself, Brother Buddy. Brother Buddy's going to laugh about this one. I don't think there ought to be a four-way stop right down here below our house, down there past Brother James's house. I grew up, it was a two-way stop. You had to stop on the Hargrove Road, and you didn't have to stop on County Road 49. Well, you know what? It hadn't been too many years ago that there was a sheriff's deputy sitting out there when I implemented my belief that there shouldn't be a four-way stop there. And he pulled me over. He pulled me over because that's the law. I should not take that attitude, even though I, I'm a sinner and sometimes do that. <laughs> you see, Joseph, though, was an obedient man. He didn't jump up and down about it. It says in verse 4, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, which is the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Notice what he did. <laughs> He obeyed in probably some of the most difficult circumstances there could be because he had a wife that was almost to the point of delivering their first child. She was about nine months along in her childbearing, but he obeyed anyway. Back to our, our text in Matthew chapter 1, more importantly than that, he obeyed God. He obeyed the government, but he obeyed God. Look at verse 24. After all this 
encounter with the angel in his dream. It says, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. You can't ask for any more than that from somebody. I, I just want to say to you, child of God, as your pastor, and sometimes I've talked to different ones of you that maybe come to me and had questions about what I should do. And sometimes I've gone to some of you that I, you know, part of the job of the pastor is to go and, and to talk to those that seem to be going the wrong direction. And there's nothing better that you, than you, can, that you can do than when the pastor or the, or the preacher or your father or your mother or a friend or anybody else comes to you from the Word of God and says, This is what thus saith the Lord. And you just say, you know what? I'm going to do what I've been bidden to do. Obedience. That was a hallmark of Joseph's life. And we'll come back to it in a minute. You're going to see in chapter 2 of Matthew, he obeyed God in some very difficult circumstances where if he hadn't obeyed God, it would have meant his death. It would have meant his death. He was an obedient man. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J. C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.